Okie dokie. Excellent. Welcome to Diversity and Inclusion in Sport. This is number two of our series. And uh, today I'm Lawrence Way and I would like to introduce our guest for today, which is championship footballer Evie Gain. Evie, how are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Excellent. I'm very well, thank you. Um, following in the footsteps of Fred Nye, who was our first, uh, second person on the diversity in sport uh, chapter, but the first on the podcast. Uh, welcome you to to us today. And um, we're going to be uh, discussing uh, diversity and inclusion in sport. And I'm really interested, and I'm sure the people out there are going to be really interested in your story and your journey, uh, particularly through the sport and through football, which is your your main passion, I believe. So tell us, Evie, how did you get into football? Tell us about your journey so far, key achievements, things you're proud of. You know, How did you get into the world of football? So I was about four years old and I had a lot of energy as a four-year-old. So my parents um, sent me to just an after-school club on a Friday, which is like a little football club, and I really enjoyed it. And the one of the parents actually said to my mum, like, oh, she actually looks really good. Like, maybe you should take her down to, like, the Saturday team they, that my kid does on a Saturday. And my mum was like, oh, OK. Like, she, obviously, it was still a bit, at the time, a bit kind of odd for girls to be playing football. So my mum was actually a bit, like hesitant but she's like oh well she seems to enjoy it so just take her and so I went down and I loved it obviously was the only girl but didn't bother me at all I was always very just like hyperactive just wanted to play with everyone so yeah so I played this was my first little boys team and obviously we played there until I like we couldn't play games until we were like six or whatever so we started playing at six and like I loved it and then my dad started really getting into it with me because obviously I was one, I'm one of four girls, so he was loving that. Um, Do your sisters play? So no, my sisters aren't really sporty at all. They love beauty, fashion, all of that. So okay. yeah, my dad loved the fact that I played. And yeah, so from the age of like four till I was eight, I was playing in an all boys team, the only girl, quite often like was the only girl when we played opposition. What so, was that like? Because, I mean, we could get into that a bit later, but I'm really interested yeah. to touch on it now. Like, how was well, that? What was that like? Yeah, so for me, like, as a kid, like, I really didn't take any notice of it. Like, it was just very, like, it was what it was. But my parents, like, speaking to them about it, like, they did get comments. Like, other parents weren't always happy about a girl being on the other team. I think this was, just, like, from the fear of their child, like, not wanting to tackle me or, like, so then their child wouldn't perform well or, like, me if I showed their kid up they equally weren't as happy so it's kind of a lose-lose situation like I couldn't really do anything right in that sense but I think where my parents always like instilled in me to not just care what people think like had that I support would, yeah. and that confidence yeah. to continue yeah. yeah not let that set you back not let those so, kind of negative vibes uh, affect you yeah no 100% like I loved it. They loved me doing it. They thought I was good at it. So I did it. Like the parents on the team I played in loved me. Like they thought I was great. Like I, I was always a defender. So I was always just taking people out. For, and I was always really, really small when I was little. So yeah, like they loved it. And other parents, they soon got used to it. And I remember, I think like a pivotal kind of point was when like all the local teams we played, like went to a massive tournament. And during the tournament, I was like the whole girl out of hundreds of people. And I ended up winning like player of the tournament. Oh, wow. And like I won a scooter and everything. Oh, nice. Oh, you got top prizes for that. Yeah, wow. I got a scooter. I was loving. 
I thought I was so good. And like, I think a lot of the parents then kind of thought, oh, hmm, okay, maybe girls can play. And like, do you know what I mean? So like, yeah, they just kind of got used to it and had to just accept that I was playing and that's what it was. How many years was that sort of going on for? So that was for like so, four or five years? Or? Yeah, that was like four or five years. And then at about eight, nine, like I got scouted for Reading. So at the time, like Reading Women had like a centre of excellence was what it was called. Oh, so like wow. that was like the best thing that like, you could be in as like a young girl or like, like or a boy is in the academy kind of set up. So I got scouted for that and like went on like a six week trial. And I actually remember for the last week um, I was in Cornwall on holiday and my parents like didn't want me to miss it because they didn't want me to ruin like my chance of getting in. Like, my dad drove me back from Cornwall for the session and then we drove back the next day back to Cornwall to join back in in the holiday. Um, nice, that's dedication and devotion, that's good. Yeah, so he's always been really dedicated, bless him. Um, and then I got a letter in the post to say I got in and my mum screamed because she was that happy. <laughs> But yeah, so then from then, obviously it was all very serious. Like we'd play like Arsenal, Chelsea, all like the big names. Yep. And like it was different because I was transitioning from playing in boys football to girls football, which is actually really different because... Yeah, what was that like? Tell me. Yeah, like I feel like I just, it's just very different. Like girls, I think at that age are technically a lot better because they list, we like listen a lot more, I think. Like, soak up the information like want to do what the coach has kind of said but like at the same time like you kind of lose the element of like aggressiveness and like physicality that you get in like the boys game so but yeah you would say that is quite prominent then you do notice that yeah you do notice it I think and that's why now actually younger girls teams they actually play in their local boys leagues and the academies playing boys leagues because then you don't lose like that physicality side because if I went back in time I probably would have kept my got my parents to keep me in boys football for as long as I could have because it's just better for you physically and like it's just the way the game is nowadays I understand so so then you you called up to Reading um yeah so Reading and the academy yeah so I played all the way through the academy up until I was 16 so yeah, that was obviously years of being at Reading and like so many amazing experiences. And then at 16, I made the move to Oxford United, who at this time it was called Women's Super League Two, which is the champions called the championship now. So the second top league in women's football. So I went there and I originally went to like the development side and like was just trying to like build my way up into the first team. Um, and within like a few months, I made it into the first team and made my debut against Brighton. Nice. Um, and we actually drew 1-1 and I actually scored the equaliser. Oh, wow. So it was like a dream debut. It was honestly like probably one of my proudest moments in football, but like one of my most fond memories in football because I had my family there. And like, yeah, just to score in your debut is always nice. Yeah, what was the feeling like before that big game? So, you're, you know... Yeah. You're- Oh, Big was debut, so what was it? All right. Yeah. yeah, I was so nervous and like like all of these players, I was 16 and they were all like grown women and like I'd never really played women's football before. So yeah, I was really nervous. But like like my dad always said to me is that you can only do what you can do, just let's play with a smile on your face. And in like I think it must have been like the seventy fifth maybe minute, got like 
It was actually probably the best goal I've ever scored to this day. All right. <laughs> I've never really talk, talk us it. through I'm it. Like, talk us through that moment, Evie. We so want to hear. Someone put it in behind and I like sprinted in behind. I almost cut in and like Meg's the defender and then like spun it into the top corner. And she actually was the island's number one keeper at the time as well. Oh, nice. So, okay. Yeah, it was a bit more, even better. <laughs> but and, and you play left back winger? Or wing back? Yeah, yeah. So at the time I was playing wing, but like cool. I play more as a full back now. But yeah. Oh, so you were playing more midfield uh, when you when you were a bit younger, and then yeah, I played more like in an attacking role, and now cool. I've retired back into a more defensive role. <laughs> so cool. yeah, no, and then yeah, so I was at Oxford for like two years maybe, and like really loved playing, like getting really good, like valuable first team experience. And then I actually did come back to Reading. So that was a funny thing for like maybe six, seven months because I got offered first team like training with them, which obviously was like a big deal because they're in the top league of women's football. So just to be around like the likes of Farrah Williams, who was there at the time, Tash Hardin, like that was just insane in itself. Like Jade Moore, like to learn off people like that. So I did that for quite a few months. And like that was like intense. It's probably like the hardest, one of the hardest parts of my career. Were the were those players that you mentioned were and, and particularly the, the senior team? You know, were they supportive of you, or was it a little bit like dog eat dog kind of thing? Like, what was the vibe yeah, there? Was... Like, they were really nice to be fair, and like, but they were tough on you at the same time. Like, there was no like just because you're younger you get a let off. Like, if they wanted to say something, they would say it. And like, I think when you are young, like, it can be really hard to like hear the things that they would say but like at the end of the day like that's women's football and you have to have it at some point so yeah it was hard but like they were supportive and like they understand that it's hard as a young player but at the same time they're not just going to let you off because you're a young player so cool so then yeah from Reading I then signed for Aston Villa because at the time I had like gotten a place at Loughborough University so I thought like yeah I would like com- like combine the two because they were mm-hmm. near um but yeah so I went to Aston Villa who again were in like the WSL 2 to the championship and like uh, to be fair I did really enjoy it there but I ended up not going to university so I was actually commuting it from Reading oh wow Aston Villa. So, oh, yeah. so you were full-time for them that was actually like, like going to be full-time Aston Villa like, like no uni that was it's going to be yeah just Aston Villa but having to commute that it was like turned into like a four-hour drive at times which was just ridiculous because like the like to be it wasn't like just the physical toll that paid on me it was a mental toll because I spent a lot of time alone and like it just yeah I couldn't travel on trains and stuff yeah exactly it just wasn't it wasn't good for me and like I ended up having to just like I ended up really like hating football because of it because like I just yeah I couldn't deal with the travel and stuff so I reached quite like yeah low point in my career and just kind of thought I wasn't going to play I was just going to give it up for a bit which was weird because obviously I've like never thought of that in my life but then I spoke to Oxford and they said like why don't you just come on loan to us for the rest of the season because obviously it was like near to me so I did that and for like the back end of the season went on loan to Oxford um which yeah I really enjoyed because I, I knew everyone there and I just got back enjoying my football again and at this point, Oxford were relegated into, like, a lower league. So, like, it was it was easier and, like, it just allowed me to get, like, loads of game time. And Did stuff. you rebuild yeah. your passion again? Yeah, I just rebuilt it from Villa. Nice. Yeah, I rebuilt it and, like, 
got back to my roots and like just had like there wasn't as much pressure at Oxford so I had a lot more freedom and like could express myself a lot more so yeah no that's how I kind of got my love back and then obviously in September last year I started uni in London because I decided to like I'd not made for living far away from home so I wanted to be near home so I started a uni in London and was commuting to Oxford but it kind of got to the point in my career where I'm like I need to be pushing myself like and so that's why I made the move to London Bees, who are like, again, in championship. So second top league of women's football. And yeah, I've been there since January. Obviously, nice. haven't been able to play much because of every situation going on in the world. Mm-hmm. But no, I've been, I've actually really loved it. Like it's allowed me, like, it's like obviously COVID and the whole pandemic has been a massive thing. But one thing it has allowed me is to just get really fit and focused on myself we, so we had a question actually yeah, we wanted to ask you about like how have you found training and and preparing I obviously I know games are coming back now ish yeah. but like how did you find that training during lockdown during COVID how's yeah. that been so I went into lockdown probably in my worst physical shape I've ever been in like I just let myself go over the last year and just like where I hadn't been taking football completely serious like just let myself go so I used lockdown as an opportunity just to get back fit like leaning up and like do as much training as possible so I was in the best possible shape going into pre-season whenever that was going to be so yeah I kind of spent lockdown I actually ran a marathon and a half marathon don't oh wow yeah so I just decided (laughs) I'm just gonna go out and do it and my dad cycled along next to me so yeah just give myself a mental challenge during lockdown but yeah so I just got really fit and then went back into pre-season about six weeks ago now and obviously that was very different because we get tested twice a week and like oh wow okay I, was, I wanted to ask yeah if you could elaborate on how that is at the club like yeah, yeah, was it was like so, returning back seeing everybody was it nervous was it exciting what was the what yeah was the like the whole thing around like for me i've just been i was very anxious because i live with my nan so i just wanted to be very like safe and everything but it was really good to be fair like the way they did it was really like professional so like the first before we could even come back to the training ground like everyone had to be tested so like the test is not the best but (laughs) this is one of those things but yeah so we got tested and then for the first week we were in like groups of like not even six and it was all socially distanced so you weren't even allowed to do contact and then after the first week we were allowed all back together which was really nice because I haven't had a group session in like six months Mm -hmm. so and then yeah from then we played um friendlies who we played West Ham Reading Tottenham so all like really because we could only play teams that are being tested so that literally leaves the team the league above us and our league because we're the only two leagues being tested so yeah pre-season's been challenging because we're having to play a lot of full-time teams when we're semi-professional but it it makes you better so it's fine no, I can understand that for sure, for sure. Returning back after a long piece, and then um, how has the results been for the London 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 Bees? And also, um, yeah, so we had a chat just before this about the London Bees. Tell us more about the London Bees and Barnet yeah. FC. What's the deal with that? Yeah, so London Bees is linked with Barnet. So Barnet and London Bees, like they're together. It's just, um, I think it might have actually been quite a long time ago, like maybe like nineteen seventy five or so- something like that. Um, the owner of Barnet had the idea that they would start like 
their own identity for the women so like you have Barnet FC which is the men and then London Bees which is us as the women we have our own badge Barnet have their own badge and like we are affiliated and linked with each other but we have our own identity like we make our own money like we're our own kind of business that's which really I think cool. is like a really cool step in women's football because that's not really seen anywhere in women's football around the world and like for us to be able to do that and like survive off like a minimal budget in like our own sense and not have to rely on the men's budget it's like a massive stepping stone in women's football and that's massively needed i agree yeah because it it gives you your own sort of yeah your own your own uh identity doesn't it rather than just like having a like liverpool chelsea leeds you know or just basically you know the the club has won it gives it its own like its own history yeah Um, definitely then when you're explaining it to people though, do you often just say Barnet or do you always go with London Bees? So I do always say London Bees, but then people are often like, uh, like think I just play for like not a very good side. And then I have to explain that like, we are in a chat, like we're a big championship. Side. Yeah. yeah. Women's but, Super like, League too. We don't have a big name. And even if I said Barnet, I don't think it would be any better. So, so it's just supposed to be. Yeah. Big women's side. Do you play at the same stadium? Yeah, so we play at the Hive. The Hive is our home. Nice. And it's it's amazing to have, like, a stadium like that. We definitely have one of the best um, home grounds in our league. It's big, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, it is big. And, like, the facilities are amazing. Like, it is really cool there. It's a really cool ground to have. Nice. Ah, you actually got a new question here, which is, talking of facilities, like... um, Men's and ladies game, is it the same? Do you see, do they get a bit more? Do you guys get a bit less? Do you do you get more? What's the sort of, you know, when you turn up at grounds and whatnot, you know, what's the sort of level of expectation there? Um, It's a difficult one because, yeah, we get less. Like, we're never going to get what the men get and it all comes down to money because there's just less money in women's football. And, mm-hmm. like, whether I agree, I don't agree with some of the things that obviously happen and the way we get treated, but... Yeah, like it can be really frustrating actually, like as a woman, as of like a female, with like you see the men, for example, even at Barnet and London Bees, like we're in the process of like changing sponsor and like we have like no kit at the moment and like we are starting the season with our old season kit. Like that shouldn't ever be happening. Yeah. That would, the men would never have to do that, but like we have to do that and it's just like, why if the men you would never make the men do that so you should never make the women do that if you're giving up like like quality like that's how it should be like we shouldn't have to do it if they shouldn't have to do it yeah, but sure. yeah and like it's just frustrating to be honest like and like when you turn up at other grounds like the standard of the ground can actually be really poor and you're like we are playing at championship level and the change room is disgraceful or like and like like it's just not good and it's just like it does it is shocking for like some championship teams like to have the facilities that they have wow it's not quite up to up to spec or where no, it should I be mean, a... it's in, yeah it's improved a lot but there's still a long way to go no for sure i actually checked the news today and um we saw that there's a uh, so brazil uh, national team today has yeah. uh, decided they're going to include equal pay for the next world cups for men and for women yeah. so the women will get the That's same pay great. And they've also joined Australia, Norway and New Zealand as a federation international teams that pay their men and women um, equal, which is a good step for sure. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the equal pay uh, part of, of the game? And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a big thing. What's it like in England? You know, where would yeah. you like to see it? Tell me. Mm-hmm. I think for me, like, I've got a very, like, business mindset. So I understand, like, equal pay isn't possible when the two different games generate two very 
different incomes, if you get what I mean. So, like, the men's game is massive and they generate a massive income which warrants players to be on, like, the money that they're on. I mean, I think the Premier League is out of control. Like, I do think the the money that players are on is ridiculous. Like, it is ridiculous. Like, I think it's crazy and I think it needs to be sorted out. But, like, I just think it's too far gone. Like, it's so out of control. But... I do, at the same time, like, I understand, like, the women bring in less, but, like, it's it's unfair how little we're paid. Like, for, like, example, the commitment I have to, like, me and my teammates have to give. So, like, we train three nights a week and, like, have to travel around the, the country on weekends for games. Like, we give up so much time and, like, everything. Like, it really restricts you from getting, like, a full-time job. Like, we have a police officer in our team and she really struggles to make both work like she would be working a 12-hour shift and then come straight to training she just looks drained like and like people are having to make things like this work because you like the money we're receiving is like not livable like it's not even it's peanuts like it's nothing and like you're having to you're doing you give up so much to receive so little back it is like it's so frustrating because like I think we can purely say that we do it for the love of it because you just wouldn't do it otherwise but like to to be able to receive a bit more would like grow the game because then you wouldn't have to be like working these ridiculous jobs and ridiculous hours just to make like ends meet it's definitely not very inclusive is it in that kind of regard you know so a male can can you know do the training three times a week exactly the same as you but then they're resting at home when they're not because that's, they don't have another job they need to do to support the families and whatnot. Like, there's, like, people who are playing, like, not men league football who are on more, than, that way more than, like, women are in the championship. And, mm-hmm. like, that's the thing I find crazy and that I think needs to be rectified because we give up just as much time as them, if not more, and are under so much pressure as well yeah. to, like, perform and be at places on time but like we work intense jobs or like have like studying degrees, like it's hard. Like, and like, if we got paid more, it would be a different situation. But like, if they can't pay us, they can't expect the commitment that they, they need. No, for sure. I agree. And also it was interesting you said about the the income revenue, you know, it's, it's no, it's no joke mm-hmm. that we know that, you know, the men's game does bring in crazy amount of money, but then do, yeah. do you not, would you not agree with me that I think there's huge potential for women's super league. I've seen it already. You mm-hmm. know, I've, I've been to Chelsea a few times. I've seen the, 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 the action packed over at Kings Meadow, um, yeah. you know, full crowds. Uh, we also saw several games last year uh, from Women's Super League over at Premier League uh, stadiums. Uh, the charity, the Community Shield was over at Wembley. Mm-hmm. So do you see that there's a little, there's a way that it could improve and it also could get that spotlight? Yeah, I think definitely there's like a massive like, like place in like the market for women's football at the moment because I just think where teams now have been professional for a few years, the standard of women's like football is a lot better. So it's like a lot more enjoyable for like men and stuff to watch. I just think at the moment, like there's just too many like negative things dragging it down at the same time. And like, I don't think obviously the pandemic is going to help us in any way because of everything. But like, yeah, I think there is massive opportunities for it to grow. And to like, if like, like the like men's side, so like, man city men that really embrace the man city women and like the men and the women can like come together and like even like maybe like show like if the man city men's game is on at two like put the women's game on straight after like fans in the stadium like i just think little things like that would grow our game so much because 
people have to stop comparing like men's and women's football because they're never going to be the same. They're different types of games. Like the like physical and like technical abilities of women is very different to men, but it doesn't mean both can't be enjoyable to watch. But like mm. people just have to change their mindset, and like a lot of people can be stuck in a mindset. But I think the generation coming through, the younger generation, aren't in that mindset. That's right, it's yeah. just like trying to like reach out to like kind of that market and try and get them into it. Yeah, I think that's yeah, a really good way to, to showcase, you know, and, and do you, going off from that, do you see now, you know, do you see a lot more girls playing football, um, like, I guess, in the lower academy? Have you seen that? Do you know yeah. people that are getting involved more in, in, in football? Yeah, massively. Like, mm. when I was little, the only way you would get an all-girls team was really if it was an academy side, whereas now, like, I know from my friends and, like, they're, like, people I've played with and they're, like, children – there's like women's sides that are just like normal Sunday league sides. Like it's amazing. Like there's so many girls teams now. And I know so many little girls who like, who I've met after games and like sign their things and they tell me about their team and it's, Oh, it's just amazing. Oh wow. That's amazing. Yeah. That's I really love, cool. Yeah. Love meeting any kind of fan or any little girls that come to our games. Like I love speaking to them because they like, they love it. And like, I think there's so many more girls playing. There's so many more girls that are confident now to play because yeah. there's so many more like opportunities for them yeah, and I yeah. just yeah there's so many more opportunities now and I think it's amazing like there's so many playing now it's good there's a big pathway uh, for the future for yeah the, massively for like, that, like yeah. any young girl should be excited about what it will look like when they're older Nice, not for sure. Leads me into another question, Evie. It's a really, really good conversation for sure. Um, I think, uh, you know, inspiring the youth is, is super important as well. And, you know, if you could be that role model for them and also, you know, we have some fantastic female players out there that, you know, are on the world stage uh, that can be those role models for those up and coming uh, young ladies. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. I think it's so important to like, for me personally, like, obviously I only play in the championship and I don't see myself at always as a role model but like if I ever get the opportunity to speak to fans or like speak to young girls I, I will always sit there and have a conversation with them about football and just like what they love about it because I think it's so important because the only way the game's going to keep growing is if the younger generation get involved and I think also like role models like your Lucy Bronze and like like American players like Alex Morgan and all of the, those like they are massive role models for young girls and young girls really do look up to them and like they really watch them like hawks because they like they're their role models that's right good stuff sure um i've got quite a big question for you for for this one which i've got here which is so growing up we, you've, we've kind of covered this but i just want to go a little bit more in depth so growing up in a game um do you see much difference with diverse teams and improved inclusion from the beginning of your journey in sport to 2020? Is it the same? Is it better? Is it worse? What's your overall outlook on that? So in general, I think it is so much better. I mean, when I was growing up, obviously, like I said, I was the only girl and like the laws around girls playing with boys like kept changing. So for me, like in secondary school, I wanted to play in the boys team because like I think having a bit of boys football as well as my academy football was really important to me just to keep that aggressive side of my game going. But it was like the law that I could play with boys until I was like 16. But my school said no, because it was against school rules. But technically, the school rule is breaking the law, but like they didn't really care. So like, yeah. Is that because they would have to put you in a different changing room and things like that? And they 
possibly maybe or like i don't know if it was like the head of pe at my school for example had been there for 40 years so i can only assume he was maybe set in a mindset oh, like quite archaic old school yeah, kind of like mentality my okay. dad at the school like oh wow was, yeah it was typical <laughs> my dad was like, it was typical for him to say that and i said mm-hmm. if you put me on the pitch and i was worse then like cool i would accept it but you're not even giving me the opportunity to just do because it. of your gender and, yeah. and, yeah, and that's like, literally that it like there's no thing. yeah like there's been a couple times when I've got really upset when I was younger because of it because I've not been allowed to like be like in the boys team or like been really restricted from it and like it is upsetting because I like you don't see yourself like you just see it as a game like you don't see it as like boys girls like to me it's just a game and like anyone should be able to play but I think like as times develop like there's a lot more mixed teams now like up until like 16 years of age like I know younger girls coming through that still play in mixed teams and they're like 15 which I think is amazing like I think that's so cool that they're like they've been accepted into that and that they can do that I wanted to ask you your thoughts on mixed football and see yeah yeah, I think I think you very much said it right there I think that's that's amazing um yeah. Again, is it is it as prominent? Is it is it more low key like mixed mixed football? Is more yeah. under age of sixteen, or do you still get older teams that do mixed football? Yeah, so I I would say it's like quite rare to see like girls in a boys team nowadays. Like in your like local team, it would be really rare to see it. But like it's not unseeable. Like you do see it every now and then. And like I personally, just from like my own experience, and I've actually coached kids in the past. Like especially when a kid a child is younger then I think having them in boys football, I think is so important. Like having them in the mixed football is really, really important. Mm -hmm. But as you get a bit older, I think it really just depends on the player because like if the girl is quite uh, physically not like developed that well and like obviously boys can like really shoot up when they hit puberty, it would be unfair to put them together. Like it wouldn't be safe and it wouldn't be unfair. But like, it really is just like a person-person situation. If the girl's quite developed and she's quite strong and she can hold her own, I don't think there should be any excuse as to why she shouldn't be allowed to play with them. But obviously, I get there's safety measures and stuff that are in place for a reason. I just think it should be more on a base-to-base, like person-to-person basis rather than a generalisation. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. Cool, good. It's good to hear that there's there's improvements. Um, I would share with you that um, when I was in Little League, I remember there was a girl playing in our Little League. Uh, she was the only girl. And I definitely relate to what you said about the tackles. I used to watch boys, like, really hold back for tackling yeah. on this, this girl, you know. And I was I was the right back. So, I, I actually, I didn't really I didn't think any different about it. I was like, I've got to make the tackling. It's my That's job. Yeah. Um, but I remember watching her pace through teams, right through the middle, because yeah. all the guys would just back off. Back off yeah. And it's not, you know, it, it's funny it really is funny because of the mentality of you know the, the gender like it, it, it is kind of interesting to think back on it now yeah. um yeah it's and i really hope that she went on to go and do bigger and better things but it was so male dominated um oh, 100%. And it, it does lead me it, yeah go on go for it it, go, it goes one of two ways when you're the only girl playing boys like they would either try and really be nasty and take me out mm-hmm. or they would like just completely stand off me which in that case like, i think once you put one of them down or like take one of them out that's when they start okay yeah she's taken me out i can take her out it's like, game on time yeah, yeah game on like it's fine <laughs> it's an equal play <laughs> what was it like uh, what i was going to say is that yeah so with with that male dominated sport um you know we're, we're trying to make those changes and i'm seeing i'm seeing it i'm, I'm you know i'm sure that whole, the whole globe is especially with the last world cup for women's football was yeah. hugely promoted yeah. again um but yeah um how proud and motivated are, are motivated are you for the growth of women's football and women's super league 
yeah, no, foot, playing football has always been something I've been immensely proud of. My family have been immensely proud of. Like, I've never thought it should be something I should ever hide from anyone or, like, ever, ever be ashamed of doing. And I think that's not always been the case for everyone. And, like, I know I have had friends where their families haven't always accepted it. And I just think, like, for me, like, I just think we should be proud of what we do and, like, and proud of being different in that sense and, like, wanting to, like, break boundaries and do something different and like I'm so excited to see like how it can grow I think like over the next few years it's going to be amazing how much it's going to grow like every time we seem to have a world cup like the increased participation levels of young girls in countries around the world seems to like rocket through the roof because of like the increased media coverage the whole world cup gets now so yeah no I think like I'm really proud to be a part of like the whole growth of it and like it will always be something that's a massive part of my life and that I've been really yeah, proud to be a part of. What opportunities do you see with diversity and inclusion with sport? Like, How could things be better? What opportunities do you see on a day-to-day? Um, yeah, so I think that obviously the pay and like maybe more team, women's teams becoming more full-time, like yep. that would be like a massive turning point because like if you could make like 20 full-time teams or like 15 full-time women teams within this country like it would be massive because like the standard of play would increase and like everyone like everything would increase and like I think also just like just having like equality between men and women so like when kits are launched and stuff because I know this has been like an issue lately in rugby is Mm -hmm. that um women and like the women and men players are both used and like models aren't just used for the women's kits and stuff like this like, I think we have to be like looking like because at the end of the day like I, I got told this a very long time ago but it's something that stuck with me is like in the men's game it doesn't matter what a men a male looks like if they're good they'll always be ab- used for advertisement whereas in the women's game like it's heavily based on their appearance and stuff. Oh, yeah. Is... We need to break that, don't we? we need to break yeah. that norm. That it's it's horrible one because again, you have so much pressure of what your body image should be like exactly. and this kind of things. I heard someone having a chat the other day and they mentioned something just I thought was quite old fashioned as well, but it is mm-hmm. still prominent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's massive. Like it's like we like it's so frustrating because like even in like kit launches for women, yeah, like models have been used for us rather than our own players. And I just think, like, so I would, you would never do that in a men's game. Like, mm. just, you have to, it doesn't, it shouldn't matter what someone looks like or, like, it, like, that it just shouldn't even play a part in anything. Like, advertisement is advertisement. It should be of the players that are playing the game and that, that they are yeah. the faces of the game and they are the ones that are known. They are the idols. So let them be mm. the idols. You wouldn't do yeah. it in a men's game. So. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's a very, very good point. Interesting. Yeah. I I've not seen it, but I'm really pleased that you highlighted that. Yeah, that's a, yeah good point. With, um, I can't think is it was one of the um, I don't know if it was the island kit launch for the where the women's rugby team. Uh, so it, I've seen it on the news recently. That's why it's kind of in my mind at the moment. But <laughs> yeah, so that would be a oh, really good point. Really, really good point. Cool. So. Um, in terms of the academies that you see as well, do you see more inclusion there as well? Um, you know, do you see, is there, you know, do uh, London Bees and Barnet FC, so both women's and men's teams, do they have lower, like other teams, not not quite like semi-pro teams, but do they do things for the community to get uh, get people, young people into sport, things like that? Yeah, massively. Like I know um, Bees, for example, we have the Hive Trust, which is like, and the Hive Foundation, which is massive, like, 
they do a lot for the local community like in getting youngsters involved like for example we do like um girls only sessions on like a saturday morning from like 10 to 12 and like sometimes some of us will make an appearance just to like oh nice give them inspiration talk to them answer their questions all of that so like yeah there's things on now for like because i think with like girls and boys like sometimes i know like i say like i think they should all be together and everything but like having girls only sessions is really beneficial for the girls that are a bit less scared and and don't necessarily want to play with boys and like just want to play yeah. for fun and want to just have that freedom i think it's so important because then they can still play and enjoy it without feeling very under pressure like because football isn't for everyone and what i've had to realize isn't not everyone wants to just win all the time like i'm very competitive so like i don't play i do play for the fun of it but i play because i want to win and like i don't just play for the like Whereas a lot of girls just want to play for fun and just to enjoy it and not win. So, yeah. And so you yelling at them from behind going, come yeah, on! Like, yeah, literally when I was coaching, I had to contain myself so much because they were so young. And I was like, they don't need to win, Evie. They're just playing for fun. <laughs> it's good to have that that drive, though, for sure. Yeah, I'm sure so they, they felt that. <laughs> nice. Oh, excellent, excellent stuff, Evie. Um, so I've got some uh, other questions for you. I'm just going to go through them, some quick fire ones at the moment. Uh, yeah. So uh, this was uh, one submitted for us, which is, yeah, so big question for you. Um, with the men's game, is it Messi or Ronaldo? I've always been a Messi girl, I'm not going to lie. I, I do like to say they are very different players, so mm-hmm. they give very different things. So I think it's hard to actually compare them. Just, but if I was to have my own team, I would put Messi on it. So that's why I'd say Messi. If you could pick one, I'd say you'd pick Messi. Yeah. Good stuff. And I didn't actually ask you this at the beginning, but who is your idol? Who is your role model in the game? Like, who do you um, class as like your top top players or the people that you really look up to? So growing up, my top players were always Frank Lampard. I even called my dog Frank when I was ten because yeah, I literally adored Frank Lampard. Don't know why, just adored. Incredible him. football player. Great, yeah. I just thought he was just such a hard worker. Like I just, oh yeah, I just loved him. Um, Kelly Smith in the women's game. She was also like a massive name when I was growing up, and like really idolised her. And she thought she was amazing. And I'm trying to think. Yeah, so Kelly Smith, Frank Lampard, yeah, all ones like that. Just. I love them too and like out of sport I had like uh, out of football I had quite a few idols as well like I love I love Mo Farah I think he is an amazing athlete like I just love like athlete. I can just I just think it's insane to run it the way the way he does and like having done a bit of running in the past too just to like even comprehend the speed that he runs at it's just uh, I just think it's insane and like people like Usain Bolt Jessica Ennis Hill like amazing I just think they're such idols for anyone in sport just for the pure determination like hard yeah. work they've gone through to be in the position they that they're in nice appreciative of, of the the hardships yeah. of becoming so, an athlete and a super yeah. athlete as well with some of those yeah amazing nice. uh, question as well who do um, who do you support evie may we ask um i support chelsea Oh, you're a Blues fan. Nice. Excellent yeah. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. So, Blues fan. And obviously, yeah, the, the uh, Chelsea women's team is a superb squad. Probably, in my personal opinion, I'm a little bit biased because I'm a Chelsea fan also, but probably one of the greatest in the double S uh, yeah, Women's 100%. Super League. Yeah, they just um, won it last season. So, yeah. That's right. Big fan of Bethany, England. And uh, I do uh, say that I think Frank Kirby is probably the greatest of all time, but. Uh, it's oh, just really? me. So I grew, oh, I, 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 I love Frank. Fran at Reading, 
and like would train mm. against her sometimes and she was always amazing then she's oh, a really wow. lovely person as well she's really really lovely yeah proper homely she's i do follow really her on instagram she seems really cool i know she's had yeah. some hardships but um when i saw i saw her play well the moment for me was i saw her playing against manchester city over at king's meadow and she this was in 2017 um, 2018, and she ran down the right wing and cut across and put the ball under Ellie Roebuck, and it was just this sick goal. It was an amazing goal. Yeah. Um, and I was a big fan from from then and from before, actually, if I'm honest. Yeah, no, she is amazing. Like she's a lovely person, but also an amazing athlete. So. Nice, good, and really bright. Uh, you got Bethany England there as well over at the Chelsea, Chelsea Player of the Season yeah, last season. She scored all the goals. Yeah, she's really broken through these last few years. It, she really was able to show that you can go alone in women's football and still come back and be like competitive and compete for your place. So I think that was massive. And a predator wearer as well. I know that for a fact. Oh, yeah. that, uh, definitely England rares those predators. Predators. <laughs> Which is going. Yeah. Uh, cool. Oh, uh, so another question for you, Evie, is uh, so uh, we did Messi and Ronaldo. We're going to take it into the women's realm. So Lucy Bronze or Alex Morgan? I definitely have to go with Lucy Bronze. Like, I just think, like, obviously as a fullback, and she's a fullback, she's just, yeah, a massive idol for me. I think she's amazing. Like, the last two World Cups, she's been great, and I think that's how she's really, like, made her platform. She's obviously won the Champions League three times with Lyon over the last three seasons. Like, yeah, and I think, hopefully, she's coming back to the WSL this year, so... Oh, really? Yeah, she should be. I think she's leaving Lyon, and I think she'll be going back to Man City. Oh, okay, so, interesting. Yeah, it'll be nice to have her back in the Women's Super League, just to, like, watch and learn from her, really, because I think there's so much you can learn from her. Like, people have said in the past, like, um, Phil Neville said, like, she's good enough to play in the, at some levels in the men's game because she is just a complete athlete. Like, yeah, really, really good player. Nice. Big achievements for Lucy Bronze. And um, another question for you. This is my last formal question for you, which is who is the next uh, Women's Super League superstar, in your opinion? Um, this was a good one. I, I had to think about this one a bit because I think there's so much up, up-and-coming talent. But my one I'd have to go with is there was a centre-back I played with at Reading. She's called Kira Skills. And like you wouldn't really know of her. She's like say, signed her first professional contract for Reading but she's only young she's like 18 but I think in the future she'll be a really good player like having played with her and watched her myself like she's got so much potential what position does she play she's a centre back or like a number four so she's just so composed on the ball at such a young age and I think give her a couple years and she'll be knocking on the door for starting positions and I think yeah she'll be a big player in the future nice cool Excellent stuff. So someone you actually, one of your peers as well, which is quite impressive. Yeah, Very yeah. cool. Excellent stuff. And I wanted to ask as well, so you've played at so many levels. Um, so league, international and European competition as well, is it? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I completely forgot about ooh, my world. Yeah, so when I was four, from the age of 14 till about 19, I like represented Wales throughout the different age groups, which actually is a massive part of my career. And like, it was like, amazing like on like I've traveled the world for like European competitions like obviously every year we'd have the Euros so you'd have to go to qualifiers and if you qualified you go to the elite rounds and like you'd always like I've been to like Kazakhstan, Latvia so again very interesting experiences going to countries like that and like 
experiencing their kind of culture and like being able to play like teams like Kazakhstan, Latvia, um, Israel, like loads of different countries I've played. But yeah, amazing experience. Like like a level of professionalism like I've never experienced before. Like being able to walk out and sing the anthem was like a very like proud moment for me. So yeah, definitely highlights of my career being able to do all of that. That's pretty incredible, yeah. Taking women's football worldwide, going global. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Some of the best experience. I even went to Faroe Islands with it, and it snowed oh, wow. the whole time, and they just would plough the pitch before they sent us out. Like, yeah, amazing experiences that I never, yeah, would have had without like being able to represent Wales for the age groups. So, yeah, it's definitely nice. cool. Wonderful. That's really, really cool. Um, Evie, I would like to thank you so much for today. Um, Thank you for being a guest on the show. Uh, thanks for going thanks through these questions you. with us. Um, final things. Uh, where can people find out about uh, London Bees? Where can they find out about yourself? Give us a little give, give us a little plug if you wish. Um, yeah, so London Bees, obviously, if you search London Bees on Twitter, they have they are actually verified on Twitter and Instagram. So nice. you should be able to find them. And cool. then mine's just my name, Evie Gaines. So if you want any updates, you can search me i post about uh football quite a lot so yeah keep everyone updated oh it's fantastic stuff so they can find them over on the twitter and over on the instagram and then yeah. also um evie any last things you'd like to say about diversity and inclusion in sport any last last words um, last pieces just that i think it has improved a lot and that i think there's still a long way to go but you have to like there is improvement it is happening so I think we just have to, as women like in women's football we have to just stick with it ignore the negative comments that like I get I get horrible comments on a daily basis like from men who just like just say horrible things but you just have to ignore it because I think when you let start letting them comments um play a part play a part in your life is when you won't like start you'll stop enjoying it and stop going yeah. like, use use their hate as like motivation that's what i do when they give me this like nasty comments i just use it as motivation to make myself better and to prove like at the end of the day i'm getting paid to do what i love and they're not so <laughs> let them have their comments of course do you think it's a lack of understanding and ignorance or do you yeah. think it's also just just because people are very stuck in old-fashioned gender specific roles mm. and stuff i think it's a bit of both to be honest yeah. i think a lot of men that make these comments are like want to be your alpha males and they just can't comprehend that women can like get paid for a get for the game like they just can't comprehend it. and i think they are stuck in like old-fashioned ways like a lot of them say it's like dirty for women to play and it's not ladylike and all of what? this but, like, wow right like 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 what like there shouldn't even be a thing that's called ladylike like why can't i like 2020 dirty and muddy like i enjoy it just as much as a boy does like it, it doesn't it doesn't bother me but like yeah the, i think it is a lot of ignorance because they haven't even given women's football a try and if they have they're just going to be form an opinion based on like their past opinions anyway and like maybe what they've been told by their parents but like there's always going to be ignorant people and like rude people but like I just think it's just there just a massive fuel for motivation in my eyes and like prove them wrong that the game is growing and the more the game grows yeah. the more they're going to hate it so even better right. really yeah that's right no, I agree. Very cool. Very cool. And um, I would say to everyone listening, you know, go and check out Women's Super League. Um, if you're not in the UK, uh, check out your, you know, all the women's divisions worldwide. Yeah, watch um, your game. Yeah, watch a game. Yeah, yeah, I'd say go see a game. Yeah, yeah, go see a game. Go see a top 
WSL side game and you'd be pleasantly surprised about how much the game has developed these yeah. last few years. And the atmosphere too, actually. I've got to say, when I've yeah. been to games, it's always been packed. It's always been busy. You get a lot of chants going on, you know, and it yeah. also gets you to go and see your favourite team. You might not get to go and see the men's team. So go yeah. and see your favourite team. Go and support them. Yeah, exactly. And like, I think the women's game, like they get such nice family atmosphere, the crowds. It's yes. not rowdy or anything and it's very different to like a men's game so it's really nice like go on a yep. family day out take your kids take your younger kids whether they're boys or girls like, like it's a good day out and it'll be so good for them to watch it yeah, no, I agree. I've, I've taken my disabled brother to um, lots to a couple uh, women's Super League games. That's how I got yeah. started with Czech and Chelsea, and uh, yeah. yeah, it's a much better atmosphere for him as well. It's a lot quieter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot. Yeah, you don't get all the all the craziness. I mean, you get diehard fans. Obviously, I've seen them. I've seen them at Kings Meadow. Yeah, yeah, no, but no. Um, it's, it's, it's you're right. It's it's slightly different. And I think yeah, great family atmosphere. Um, again, you know, get out there, go and see your local team, support your local club. Um, yeah, I mean, even uh, my local club is Dulwich, and they've got a women's team that started last season. Um, yeah, no, I see, I've seen it on Twitter. Yeah, and they got their own special kit, which the men wore as well, which was white with uh, pink and blue. It was so nice, oh, absolutely lovely. wonderful shirt. But uh, I will not divulge too much into that. But <laughs> thank you, Evie. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Great stuff. Um, uh, yeah, and the guys can check you, everyone out there listening can check you out online and check out uh, Women's Super League. Let's try and get more involved. And yeah, let's try and push. Uh, women's football all the way to the forefront uh, uh, of the pop culture i think it deserves it me too thank you for having me excellent thank you evie